thank you first things first for taking the time to do this how are you and are you having a good day so far yeah i'm good um good day so far um bit stressed from work but that's work um other than that um all good it was semi semi tempted mm -hmm. just to put the heating on but i've resisted by taking a shower instead but um i don't know how much that is going to last for because it's getting colder <laughs> It is. It is the glorious UK. It's been a wet and miserable day, at least where I am. I'm in London, so we've had rain all and right. weather all day long. So it is kind of getting to that point. Yeah, it seems to be it, today. It's taking a right dip. Sorry, I'm already bringing up the weather for your interview, um, but it's definitely it got a bit nippy. It's my fear of it cold. But anyway. Okay, well, hopefully, hopefully, then the rest of the night will go a bit better then, and you can kind of de-stress from work. Um, overall, though, how is everybody in the Barnum Reserve? Um, doing okay? Excited for the release of designs this coming Friday? We're good. Yeah, we're excited considering it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and maybe other bands feel the same, but we uh, almost finished recording this album a fair while ago like several years ago now it would have been well we started the writing process even further back something ridiculous like i don't know i don't want to say 2018 2019 we started writing for the album so the the intention was to release it um maybe 20 2020 but then, right. of course, the global pandemic happened. I'm not sure if you're aware. Um, <laughs> so that has put, puts everything into perspective in the sense of prioritization. And it just wasn't going to be feasibly possible to do the things that we needed to do, namely make videos, do a couple of shows, do all the necessary things for an album release. It just wasn't going to be feasible doing it during that period. Um, but the 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 benefit of that did give us loads more time and literally loads more time to continue mixing and mastering the album until we were totally totally happy with it it was originally going to be a double album as well this is the thing there's four it's a long album as it is there's 14 tracks on the album hmm. we actually wrote and re recorded god i think it was like 27 songs or something like that, which we hadn't done previously. The first, our first album, our first album was very much kind of us finding our feet in the in your own sound sense. Yeah. Um, and then the second album, we kind of learned from that and wanted to have a bit more of a direct focus. Ten songs, album under, uh, album just just over forty minutes. You know, very to the point. Yep. A bit more, a bit more rock in a sense and a bit more harder um but then the third one just became bigger and bigger as time in the practice rooms grew longer and longer with us writing more and more and more there were several even outside of those 27 there was like easily 15 additional ideas of songs like oh this is a good verse maybe it can be something but the chorus sucks so let's not do anything with that um, because we have plenty to pick from, as is. Um, so the, the, around that time, the intention, around 2020, the intention was, let's do a double album, yeah. who cares? Um, we're, we're, we're not burdened with labels or anything like that. I mean, that's a good and a bad thing. Um, so we can literally do what we want. And as much as people say, oh, well, you've got to make it music a bit more digestible and people we're in the age of playlists and things like that that an album or god forbid concept album or something yeah. like that not that this album is a concept album at all um but it's much more of a conventional um album i kind of think like a conventional like 90s alternative rock album mm. you know like something like soundgarden would release or nine inch nails i mean nine inch nails have got a bit more they do a bit more concepty type stuff um but then assessing, I'm giving you a really, really long answer, sorry, to a no, relatively great. simple question. Th then we, we looked at it and you kind of, there's a thing you kind of learn, 
I guess if when you're in a band of you have your tracks recorded they can even just be the demos like on your phone or something like that and it's like you can ask yourself is there's a reason why you keep on going back to those songs and you're listening back listening back to specific songs and you're not listening to others it seems totally obvious in hindsight now but then you can ask yourself why am I going back to these 14 15 or 11 tracks and I'm not listening to these other ones which at the time I thought they were really really good and I still do think they're good but there's evidently something in that which you can then go okay these are actually stronger than the rest let's instead of doing a double album let's do a 14 track album which is still pretty excessive Mm. in this day and age um and then we can decide what we want to do with the it's not even less, it's kind of leftovers, but it's still all fully mixed, mastered and everything. It stand, it does, they're not like like B-sides or something yep. like that, where you know there's a slight, slight degradation in quality or something like that. Um, they're, they still, they're all album worthy. They just, they just didn't fit in with those 14 that we'd selected. So that's kind of when we decided to, right, let's do a 14-track album and then let's release it. Boom, pandemic happens. And you're like, well, we're not going to release that. We've got loads of other things that we need to do. We need to do videos. We need to work out artwork um, and stuff like that. So let's just wait and see what happens because being in a band isn't really a priority at that time. Yeah, Everyone was just kind of trying to stay sane in a sense. But, you know, considering you've had to sit in it for such a long period of time, from the early stages, he said, to the writing and then eventually to get to this very this point, when you're this close to release, um, does this reinvigorate your excitement for it? Because I'd imagine there's a certain level of, OK, I've heard this a lot and musically we might have already moved on. But when we're this close, we're what? It's Monday, so we are four, four days away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my excitement is probably subdued somewhat from working all day and everything like that i am very very excited primarily for just seeing what other people think and having other people hear it yeah um as you mentioned i've listened to it so many times um that all three of us have listened to it a load of times so um while we have or are in the process of moving on musically to whatever's next yes um with the band um it's more it's more I can't wait for people to hear it because I think it's the best stuff that we've done and the best sounding stuff everyone thinks that way when they're releasing an album I'm that that is not lost on me but I do I can hear the progression going back and listening to your earlier stuff I can hear the progression of like production qualities just gone up each time mm. and everything sounds tighter more concise we've thought about it more relating to verses and choruses and all the just songwriting has just got better leon's become better as a songwriter we've come more tighter as a band which uh, you know can only come from time yes in a sense so i'm incredibly excited but, but excited and relieved in the sense of it's finally done it's out um if people like it fantastic if people don't that it is what it is if people are indifferent which is the kind of the the difficulty these days with um releasing new music um for any kind of independent artist um so yeah i just i'm just looking forward for it being out and hearing what people think if they think it's fantastic if you know if they don't think it's fantastic they wouldn't likely say anyway if they didn't think it was fantastic but yeah i know the negative voices can often be the loudest um, but at least it's some form of feedback as you said indifference yeah. maybe is the worst thing of all i personally um so i want to tell you a little very brief story into regards to this album from my perspective because basically i think this is an incredible album a really incredible album i'm not being hyperbolic either uh, it left me mouth agape several times throughout but I will get to those specific points in a bit and pick your brains about those. But before then, you know, this came my way, as it often does. Can you check this out? Can you write a review for it? And it came at a bad time when we were basically fully blocked in, already filled mm-hmm. up exactly what we can do for this coming week. But I'm at work and I figured, hey, 
cool. I'm going to put this into the background. I'm going to let it play and let's see if it grabs me and then maybe I can come up with some words. That was kind of the thinking um, and understand it that way. A couple of hours later, I'd probably listen to this album uh, every, like 10 times over already, straight through, straight through, straight through, straight through. Um, absolutely in love with it. Couldn't believe it. Uh, it was uh, an incredible experience. The next day I came home, said to my wife, you've got to listen to this album. You've got to hear these songs. You've got to hear these specific points as well. And um, it's a wonderful piece of work. I think you guys have absolutely done amazing here. And I hope, I believe that most people who hear it, who are a fan of this style of music, this style of post with cinematic value and so many elements will absolutely adore it. But take me back to the early inception of the album and basically a vision. What was your vision for the record? Do you remember it or was there really anything at all? It's probably, sorry, that's a massive sigh. It's probably less vision, more experimentation, primarily from Leon being the key songwriter of the band he's mm. the he's the one who is um prolific in his musical ideas in a sense and we've always had an element of well since we first started the band we've all always had this cinematic dramatic element kind of make we always kind of play up on the because we all like movie soundtracks yep. that there's you can tell there's a bit of an influence in the music because it's quite dramatic strings and brass and things like that this time around leon had been experimenting with other things other sounds in a sense more arpeggiators more electronic um sounds as well as just the uh, the the usual strings and brass and everything like that so from those ideas come some formation of songs and so it's less, we never really have like um, a goal or a theme in mind. But the strange thing about it is over time, it becomes into, it's almost like it comes into focus. You can kind mm. of see, you can, especially with, as soon as you've got lyrics and things like that, you can see like a narrative theme throughout the songs and or, or multiple themes um, as such. So it, it all slowly comes into focus. I don't necessarily know what that the, the overarching um, idea is, though. I always kind of just think of it as a period, a period in this band. And it's kind of like you have these milestones. I'm sure every band feels like that. You have this is when we made this album and it sounds like this. And with us, it's, it's always the progression thing of first album, quite ethereal, still quite rock, a little bit raw, uh, alternative rock, a little bit raw. Uh, production wise and everything like that second album more focused production values go up third album even more um, production values and there's an element not that we play to it not that we would ever write to it having deciding we don't actually have to do every track doesn't have to be heavy some can be softer and everything like that because the reality is we like soft music, we like heavy music. But the the between the three of us, we like a massive assortment from soundtracks to sugar. So you know, there's a big dynamic there. Um, but elements of those bands, like the heaviness of sugar and the like, the rumble and everything like that, as well as the bittersweet strings and things like that from um strings and uh, movie soundtracks and things like that so um i forgot what my point was now i was making yeah there's no there's no actual goal or idea that it sits behind it's mainly from progress progression of songwriting and experimentation and thinking oh we could do something a bit different here like some of the, our favorite albums mm. they're quite like i'll mention it i mentioned it before like nine inch nails and the fragile yeah. it's such a wide spectrum of sounds uh, or like soundscapes you've got incredibly heavy stuff and then you've got really really soft stuff i always really really like the dynamics between those especially the we tried to do it in one of the tracks one of the albums where you end the track loud and then the next song is quiet yeah. there's always the it happens in um downward spiral yeah um 
where it goes from, I think it's called big man with a gun or something like that into a warm place or something like that. So it goes louder, 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 and then goes very, very quiet and starts off very quiet. And it's kind of like a refresh, like shocks your ears in a sense. So we, we take little bits of things that you just kind of absorb loving music and kind of think, oh, that would be good. And we could end it and end the song like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's never really like a goal. It's more of like a period of, this is what we were coming up with during that time, or this is, we built upon these ideas. Let's, let's put some arpeggiators in here. Oh, how does that work with bass and drums? Or mm. we can strip this out and maybe it doesn't need to have pianos in this verse and the pianos come in, in the chorus and stuff like that. When you're doing that level of experimentation, what sort of things, if any, I guess, kind of forced you or caused you to head in unexpected or unplanned directions? Things that maybe you weren't used to, but you ended up making work for you. So some of the things that were slightly different Mm. or not necessarily difficult to work around in the practice room, but doing as mentioned doing quieter songs in a practice room is a bit is different because you usually everyone's up to 11 and we're playing as loud as we bloody can and and rumbling the ground and things like that so switching to slightly softer songs in the practice room and some of the tracks needed very little I don't want to say intervention but Leon had already pretty much written the whole song and it's been and done even tracks like i mean you wouldn't be able to think it tracks like we released as a single gaslight gaslight doesn't have any real bass or real drums on it it's all programmed um and there's a few like like that um and even some of them started off as demos that weren't even going to be on the album there's a track called private holiday which I was adamant to put on the album because I thought it was just fantastic. And Leon had written the whole whole song or two thirds of the the song. And we, how can we turn this, which already had programmed drums, and turn it into a live band thing? Um, so that that one's another one where actually in the song itself, it switches between real bass and programmed keyboard bass, and the same with drums as well. Um, there's bits where you can't really tell the difference though, which no. I think is a good good thing. Um, so if you hadn't mentioned, I would not have. Uh, I would not. Yeah, I know. Especially the gaslight one. It's like there's literally no no bass or no drums on on that song. I don't think there is anyway. I'm pretty certain there isn't. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I go. Sorry, going back to it now. Thinking about it, there were a fair few which Leon had already written the vast majority of the songs, and he'd played us some of the demos that he'd just done at home in the car on the way back from practice mm. and ones that um we kind of like this is this is really good because it's like his his writing is the very much lots and lots and lots not everything's fantastic of course but but within there there's like a diamond yep but it's knowing and understanding when right that's that can be built upon um um but I say that not like um, he needs us to tell us that. <laughs> so yeah, the, the 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 challenges were kind of like it was a co- combination of um, using tracks that had already predominantly been demoed and kind of vast majority of parts recorded at home, and then in some instances converting it into the live practice room of kind of like what should I play for this bit and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting to sort of describe some of the challenges and like that, because you've said it several times through, and I want to echo that as a person who's listened to that and loved it. It is an undeniably experimental album, interesting, unique sounds combined with dramatic flair and post-rock brilliant. So many incredible ideas made feel very, very real, which was such an important aspect for me. Listening to the album, you make it seem so simple, so straightforward, so easy was it as easy as an experience as you make it seem um (sighs) yes and no the the difficult part the writing part 
comes naturally and easy, and especially with Leon's ideas, mm. um, that comes easy. The mixing, the mixing part gets difficult yep. because there's so bloody much going on. <laughs> and on, honestly, there's things that have been stripped out. And this, this is um, a credit to Johnny Carter and Andy Jones, who recorded the album with, who we recorded the previous albums with as well, as well as Paul Eden. Um, um, it, Johnny very much has been, Johnny's like, what's the name of the guy for the Beatles? The, uh, George Martin? Oh, it does ring a bell, wouldn't know for sure. Yeah, he was kind of like the fifth, the, they call him, they called him the fifth Beatle. Yeah. Um, and everything like that. Johnny's kind of like that with us in the sense that he understands what we're going for. He needs to make sense of it sonically hmm. to not make it sound like a bloody jumble and everything's, and we've got lots of, this is the trouble when you have, you've got bass guitar, but then you've got cellos going as well, where there's going to be like, there can be conflict of sonic frequencies there. So I'm probably getting into too much detail, but it's kind of the reality of it. And yeah. you listen back to it and you're like, something sounds weird there. Like something, is it my bass? Is my bass sounding weird? Am I like out of tune or something like no. that? And you kind of realize, let's solo out these things. It's like, well, I'm paying, playing this, but this cello's going da, 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 over there and it's just making everything sound weird. So what yeah. we need to decide on that. And then you basically kind of almost in a sense, do that with the whole sonic spectrum and kind of go, well, everything's got a, I say everything, but things sit in a place. So how can you avoid um, clashing, you know, with the, the cymbals and everything like that. And then, but you've got high violins and other noises and things like going off. Is there like weird artifacts that are coming out in mm. the, when you, when you're listening back. So it's very much credit to Johnny spending the time to, um, which is the, the, the pandemic was really good for that because he had even more time to mix mm -hmm. and master and do multiple iterations of mixes as well. And us arguing about a bloody snare hit for three weeks <laughs> when it doesn't really matter, which happened. I say argue, it was just, he wanted it one way. We wanted, we, we thought, I say we wanted it one way. We thought it was fine. It's just a snare hit. <laughs> like, let's move on. Let's move on. It really doesn't deserve us talking about that. But he he was adamant that changed it, so we just caved in the end because it just wasn't worth it. Um, because it it's just a because it's just a bloody snare hit. Um, so um, there's that was kind of uh, almost like uh, one of the not difficulties but the realization. Also, there's a with us. Um, you get people, maybe people take it for granted but because we have so much strings and brass and things like that. It's all done on computer. So it, the strings and brass and stuff sound incredible. Yeah. Um, they, because we spend money on very good software, very good sampling and everything like that. Just having those things doesn't necessarily equate to ver like a fantastic song though. You mm -hmm. could still have to have some musical ability behind it. Um, um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, because we have so much of that going on. There's a lot of transferring files, bouncing down files and transferring them from one place to another place to get them over here so then you can mix them. So Johnny's used to, to doing that now. So like we spend usually a good day um, when we're in the studio, merely just transporting all the sounds, the brass, the strings into Johnny's computer. So then we can start doing it. And then we can start thinking about drum tracking, mm. bass tracking, and then vocals and stuff like that. So it's like a gradual buildup of putting all these jigsaw pieces together until you have some semblance of a song. And then you can go, it's to, closer towards when you've got, have all those parts, then you can start experimenting more, um, which Johnny did, um, in a few tracks we're like let's reverse this when it comes in for the final chorus hmm. let's do a reverse on the symbol you know the type thing and then you try it and you're like that sounds awesome let's yeah. keep that and then you can see so you can start playing around with things then because you know you've got the song's fine it's there yeah. it's got mi middle beginning uh, beginning middle and an end and everything like that what else can you do with it um while also being conscious that you've got to work through 13 more songs um, and do all that. So, yeah.
would you would you say that the fact that you had this extra time because of the pandemic period to effectively be able to do a lot of this stuff it's going to always stand out as probably a unique chapter in the Barnum Reserves catalogue because ultimately in theory you will never and hopefully have the time the way you did yeah I mean we're never massively quick to the mark with um releasing something mm-hmm. and but this is definitely the longest period i think first album was released 2014 second album was released 2017 so then there's quite a jump from 2017 to 2022 but two years there i kind of looking back on it now i kind of feel like we needed the extra extra time just to, to fit all the pieces together to decide it's not going to be a double album it's not going to be a bloody i say double album we even floated the idea of three eps <sighs> splitting it into three eps because everyone has an opinion on how you should release yes. it and people will say oh people don't listen to albums these days just release it as an ep or two tracks and then two tracks and it's just like i'm very much and i this is my own personal my own opinion is i like to draw a line under that recording period and Mm -hmm. there's no better way of doing that than going this is this is this body of work is an album and once it is done it is done as opposed to oh do four eps or something like that there's some benefits by all means a lot of people do that and it's becoming more 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 popular i don't know generally why it's more i think it's probably something to do with like metrics of engagement and all the business aspect of it and stuff like that which i get and i understand and i'm by no means um disregarding of course this is a thing when you're in a band and everything like that but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play up to them and not necessarily play up to them integrity is the most important thing to me being a musician and in a band integrity what how we decide how we share display associate our art yeah it sounds really really high browed doesn't it but that's that's the most important thing to me i want to have i want us to have the choice of these things as opposed to people telling us um oh you need to do it this way or the like the thing of someone you know it happens with people who are on labels i'm sure yeah. independent artists whether like or you should drop that out the why don't you do the track to be just under three um or three and a half minutes and it's like the song doesn't need to be three and a half minutes if we want it to be five minutes it's gonna be five minutes Mm -hmm. and you like nothing's gonna change because of that like it's our decision um and then the uh, the other thing that sounds incredibly pessimistic but people giving their opinions on oh you should write it like that and, and you kind of end up thinking if you're so bloody good at songwriting where's your album then mush you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like where where's your fantastic album then if you think you're so good at this i say that like we've experienced that a lot we haven't we have had run-ins with industry types who want to give their two cents and they were absolutely a big learning curve for me personally especially mm-hmm. in the in the holding integrity as the key value of everything and other things like commerce come come afterwards it can be uh, an incredibly hard-hitting uh, experience just trying to exist in the industry um because yeah as an independent band that comes with its own pitfalls and uh stumbling blocks too yeah very much i mean it's it's difficult because especially it's like the there's there's a counterbalance to all these things releasing your music on all the streaming platforms is fantastic that you can do that and a lot of people can do that but you're releasing it to lots of other music and it sounds incredibly gatekeeper-y in a sense of kind of like it's like how does someone who appreciates good music um, find the good new artists and things like that? Things mm-hmm. like playlists and stuff like that are obviously incredibly beneficial. But then how do you get on the playlists in the first place and things like that? Or how do you get on playlists that get 
uh, enough exposure um, to get on that, the keyword exposure, that that's the big thing, but it, it kind of is at the same time. And we've always very much been kind of on the outer edges of everything, never fully willing to commit to um, doing everything that, that, the, that we're led to believe. To be honest, that that's one of the other thing of doing this for a long, long time is there doesn't seem to be a clear road in which to, to become a success, whatever that means to yep. that individual. Like success could be just someone just you bloody got your album on Spotify or something like that, which is fantastic. Mm. But someone else, it could be I want to play main stage Reading Festival, or I want to play on the BBC introducing stage or on Glastonbury and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of there's never a, a key, there's never a clear path in which to follow. And ever lots of you can attend seminars and read blogs and people say you should do this become more active in the social media domain and mm -hmm. you need this this and this and some of these things um w will work and are beneficial but it's almost like you don't necessarily need them i say that we've got a facebook you know if 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 we didn't have to have a facebook i would get rid of it but we seem to have a facebook sorry i've got my cat meowing at me now. Oh, so i've got um, some kittens flowing around here as well somewhere yeah. um no yeah, I don't so it's I was going to say, I get completely what I mean. Uh, the, uh, why spend six months trying to study and learn exactly what the algorithm for all social media slash YouTube, Spotify and all that require? And then they change yeah. as they often do completely. And oh, yeah, again, totally. And it's um, I think a lot of the things it goes back to the integrity thing. A lot of the things that you you are led to believe to do, you just kind of I just some of it just makes it just makes me cringe to be honest like we go back to because we're all slightly old i turned 40 this year mm -hmm. mossy turned 39 leon's turning 40 this year as well we grew up in the like late 80s and 90s of the bands that we loved you barely knew naff all about them or the only the only exposure you'd get to them i grew up in a small town in wales the only exposure i'd get to like alternative like grunge music and things like that was crang mm -hmm. and or getting on a train for an hour to buy go to my local place to buy um, a cd shop that sounds incredibly like oh i have to go travel four miles to get a loaf of bread or something like that but that's what it was like and yeah. now we're in an age where everyone is sharing everything constantly and i i just don't i'm not interested in what what like these bands i like that um are eating for their dinner and things like that. I don't think it's the people, I think it's just oversharing. Some element, it's the element of mystery, I think I miss yeah. from before where you'd see, you'd see a photograph of Tall in Krang and you'd be like, oh, what's this about? What they, they look kind of, this guy's like got like a mohawk and shaved head, stuff like that. What's going on here and stuff like that. Now with a lot of artists, you just, They've got their Instagram. You can follow them every day and stuff like that. But, but it is what it is. It's the these are the, these are the times we live in, and I'd be stupid not to disregard them. We've got an Instagram ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a choice in in some in some regards. It's simple as that. You really have to play the game to some degree. But going back to the album, then for me, there are two tracks on the album that are simply the best pieces of music I've heard this year. So I want to focus on those. And I want to start with We Are Fighters. We Are Fighters uh, was the first one that stopped me in my tracks. Talk to me about what you wanted to express with this. Well, it's a phenomenal track. It's probably quite difficult because that should be Leon really mm -hmm. explaining um, that track. But it's very, very nice to hear that, that that is also one of my favorites, especially I think in in the album there's a few it sounds cheesy but i feel like there's a few like magical moments where you, it's the hairs on the neck type thing yes and one of those one of the it's the going into the second verse of that track is like one of the best moments i think of the album when the everything comes in and the like the strings and everything comes in and it goes back into the verse i just love 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 that bit um 
So yeah, as to what it's about, I'm really sorry. Leon, Leon probably, I can't remember. It's his lyrics as well, actually thinking about it. He, he's got so much better with his lyrics like writing. And in um, that track is one of my favorite lyrics that he's written. I long for, that sounds really cheesy. I long for peace, but violence follows me. Yeah. I think it's just really, it's kind of poetic. Yeah. Don't you think? Um, it reminds me of there's a national album, which the album's called Trouble Will Find Me or something like that. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Regarding what it's about, though, I, I wouldn't be able to. No, no, I mean, that's awesome. It's more, I, I always care more about how it makes you feel rather than necessarily the story, unless there is a specific story behind the track. And um, your enthusiasm for it there, the fact that uh, you love it as, uh, as yeah. well, is amazing. Um, how about the other one then? The other one I'm going to bring out, and bear in mind, these are just two from a 14-track album that is filled wall-to-wall with absolutely bangers. But I want to highlight Drones as well, another exceptional track. Um, can you tell me anything about that, perhaps where the idea grew from and how you managed to turn it into something so captivating? That, again, is one of the... Definitely one of the tracks that had already been written by Leon because it, yep, again, it doesn't actually feature any bass or drums um, on it. Um, <laughs> sorry, again, as to what it's about, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I always think that, I always compare that track to, I think it sounds quite Boniver, Boniver, I don't know how you pronounce it, Boniver-ish. Yeah. Um, with his the melody lines and the the kind of mannerisms in which he like shifts melody and things like that um so that one is really really good that's one of the tracks in which very much let's put something softer in here or mm. leon already has an idea of putting something softer in here and it'll break up the track from going from a quite heavy one or i say heavy um a loud one to a quiet one almost like a this is the thing with, with um sorry i'm jumping all over the place sorry. The, the the thing you've got to be conscious of with 14 track albums is how do you keep someone sonically interested in sitting there listening to it so we went back and forth many a time regarding track listing and I always really, I always find track listing really, really, really important. Like starting off strong and ending with a statement in a sense, well, kind of like a moment in a sense. It could be, you could say end strong as well. But that's why I feel like um, the one of the tracks that was, I say, leftovers, one of the other tracks songs was actually going to be the opener, which is full, full. I wish I could... Sh I'd, I'll have to share it to you at some point. It's full, full dramatic. It's like if you turned us to 11 on the cinematic scale and it sounds like bloody something, mm. that would be more um, at home for Lord of the Rings or like oh, an really? Avengers movie in a sense because it's full. It's like two and a half minutes, no singing, full, big, dramatic, kind of like it sounds like a whole orchestra behind us. Um, with like timbala I think it's timbala drums and things like that um, that was originally going to be the opening song because it's such a banger of an opener and a, a mm -hmm. big statement and everything like that and it would kind of set piece for the rest of the track but it was a little bit too concepty in the sense of um, it, it just kind of like how do you follow that in a sense you go because then you the next track is going to be a conventional i say conventional it's going to be a four minute song with vocals mm. coming in and how do you go from this huge dramatic moment um incredibly cinematic to something with a, a just a, sounds like a normal conventional song and um everything like that i sorry i forgot what the question was um i love the fact it was probably like Sorry, no, carry on. I, I was going to say I just love the I love listening to you talk I love the fact that you will go off in these directions it's absolutely fine I, I, I enjoy this because I want it to seem like we are just talking in a pub effectively so for means don't worry about that what I find what what I was thinking there as you were talking about that um cinematic introduction that you didn't include and it kind of called back to 
what you said earlier on. So you have these leftover tracks. You have the stuff that didn't make what would have been the double album. Yet we also talked about the process of how you release music. Well, you know what the answer is now over the next 12 months, all these extra tracks, EPs, just EPs, EPs, EPs. It probably, yeah, that's the thing we're thinking of is we could just release that because we don't need to, we don't necessarily need to do videos mm. for it and we work out with a guy, the guy who we work with which is another this the, the key people of releasing this album other than ourselves of course yeah. <laughs> um but johnny johnny and andy for the recording but fraser west for all the fraser's very much captures visually he did fraser west did the videos as well as the artwork as well as the any promos promo photos and teasers and everything like that we used fraser for since our second album um because he'd worked for um a load of really really cool bands and i and i just on the off chance messaged him thinking he's not going to want to work with some small time nottingham band and he did and uh, then uh, we've worked together since because he's just incredibly easy to work with and he's incredibly talented so anything he comes up with video wise or artwork wise is always like exactly how it wants to be envisaged mm. and consistency as well is the thing um where if you have it's like i want the artwork to be consistent with the videos and stuff like that it's like a given you it seems like obvious yeah um yeah sorry if, again i forgot what the original and original question was because i just keep on going off on a tangent and then talking about oh johnny record and fraser did the videos Ultimately, you, you, I think what you're saying and what you're getting across ultimately is a team effort. While ultimately the three of you is the more important aspect, the most what you're creating and putting out that when it comes to the video work, comes to the artwork, when it comes to simple things as promotion, as much as trying to get your name out there as much as possible, um, everybody's got to pull in the same direction. And I feel like, I feel like looking in from the outside, that that's very much the case as we roll on to the Friday. And um, I'm going to wrap this up then with just basically the last question, which is really what does the rest of 2022 look like for the Barnum Reserve? But also, what's a realistic goal that perhaps you think, oh, you'd like to achieve for 2023? I think the rest of 2022, a few more shows, mm -hmm. and then inevitable wind down for the year because before we know it it's going to be christmas yeah it'll, it'll just literally go like that because my god years are going quickly these days i don't know whether that's just getting older but it, it seems to be the case yeah um and then 2023 hmm. it would be start writing for album i was gonna say album three then this is album three album four um actually we Decide what we want to do with these other tracks, yeah. which will likely be released as an EP um, or something like that. And then while that's all happening, start writing. Leon's got a few more ideas he wants to bring. Leon originally was a guitarist or is a guitarist as well as playing piano. Mm. We want to bring some guitar back into the band. Um, how, how, how that will sound is kind of to be determined in the yeah. sense um because we could do i we, there's lots of influences um we've talked about like how do you bring it to the guitar back into a band like things like thrice and grizzly bears we all really really like but the, with grizzly bears one of the only bands we've actually seen together as the three of us okay it's easily one of the best gigs i've been to they were phenomenal and they're such a great band mm. such an i say underrated they are popular but they're just a fantastic fantastic band and they just make music that they want to make um so 2023 will be starting writing up starting to write album four and then regarding goals just the the usual things of trying to get more it sounds cheesy but trying to get more exposure and just yeah. getting people listening to us because we think what we're doing is original mm. and we're not followed we've never followed any um trends and we've never been part of any scenes definitely never been part of any scenes um and things like that we just make the music we want to make so 
it could it could be you know we could just be doing this forever um we always joke that we're like someone's going to make a documentary about us one day and we're going to have you seen anvil yeah 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 have we're going to be we're going to be like anvil we're, i think we've all convinced ourselves we're going to be like anvil um um one day someone will be like oh actually these guys are really good um and then by that time we're all in our 50s which probably isn't that far away um <laughs> so yeah just continue to try and get work out getting more people to hear us but with that it's kind of it's not like you you those lofty goals or dreams you have when mm -hmm. you're younger like oh, i want to play on main stage glastonbury and things like that yeah we still want we still want to do those things but of course it's almost kind of like we realized um don't set yourself up for disappointment and kind of and i've very much learned to become content with what you're doing make the best songs that you can make make mm. fantastic videos make fantastic artwork that you're, you're proud of and if people like it fantastic if they don't then they don't type thing what's the point in spending all that time just worrying about are we getting too old should we change our appearance is that why no one likes us <laughs> is our appearance type thing are we not active enough on stage is that a problem and trying to find trying to find problems where there are no problems yeah. because you could just you could just drive yourself crazy for them going well we're past it now because people are, are only interested in young younger generation bands now and everything like that they shouldn't really these things shouldn't like come into people's minds you should just be making music for the sake of making music because at the end of the day again quite cheesy point you're making music because you're you're wanting to express yourself and it's the only channel in which you can express these feelings you have so that should be the key thing all these other periphery things like becoming a success or the idea of making it into a living which is just a mystery of like how do you be in a band these days and make it especially now coming out the uh, the other end of the pandemic how do you make a, a living out of it um and things like that even stuff like um uh, we've explored or, or always exploring um, synchronization work because our song is songs are quite cinematic and things yeah. like that. Is there an opportunity for them? We have all our stuff with a, a music uh, publisher and things like that to try and get us work. We almost had a very, very close one, which would have earned, would have earned us a lot of money, but it didn't fall through. But I'm thinking something like that could come up in the future, especially now with the albums with this album sounding even more dramatic and more cinematic yeah also having quieter elements to it i'm like these could be used in adverts and things like that and we're not i say, I say i'm like contradicting myself now it's like integrity integrity wouldn't use our songs on adverts we would if it generates money that we can then put back into the band and buy better software record more <laughs> spend time more in the studio it's like a no-brainer or at the end of the day all we really really want is for people to hear the songs yeah. that's all we want and more people would um, hear it that way yeah and more people would hear it that way as opposed to just going this is a path to success it's like here's a path which actually could generate some revenue yep. actual revenue um because we're never going to make money off streaming sites let's face it and merch well merch you've got to play a load of gigs with and we kind of don't really have the time because of life commitments to to play shed shed loads of gigs there's also the admin aspect of playing gigs as well and none of us can be asked to go <laughs> backwards and forwards with emails um so um continuing exploring some of those other, other opportunities as well maybe there's something else in it there like i've thought about chatting to leon leon should put some of his work as like like composition work and maybe write some separate stuff that is specifically for tv or um, film and if that can if i can generate some money that we can then put in back into the band buy better at some better equipment and everything like that well our equipment's fine at the moment and we've even streamlined everything down 
um, really, really well. But you can always releasing an album these days costs money. Of course, uh, at, at the end of the day, and tech um, moves forward so you, quite quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've always got to be conscious of these things, especially. That's actually the other thing about um, um, not releasing in twenty two is fully working out how many videos do we need and how much what's the budgeting going to look like it's all very very boring but it's a re realistic thing that needs to happen um that i usually have to deal with um but it is what it is it is what it is um incredible words there and i think um your head's really screwed on right for what uh, needs to happen going forward uh at least in a realistic sense more than anything else for people watching this listening to this role play gaslight Go check those out right right now. You can watch the videos. You can listen to those tracks. But Designs is out this Friday, 30th of September, 2022. And uh, take my word for it as a person listening to it. It is one of the best things you will hear this year. There we go. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I, I really appreciate it. No worries. It's been a pleasure. And sorry if I've gone on a tangent quite a lot. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. As well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?